The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is September 5th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. I appreciate it, Bill. I want to remind everyone that you can also, you don't have to be missing our our live shows. You can hear this right from your phone. That's all you need to do is go to voiceamerica.com and download the uh, Voice America app. That way you can pick us up live every Tuesday. And also, we're also syndicated on iTunes. And, of course, you can always hear the live or archive shows right from the website, theamericanheroesnetwork.com. Now, last week, we had Keith King, president for the National Veterans Business Development Council. They are the only third-party veteran-owned business certification program in the United States and is organized as a 501c3 not-for-profit foundation. The National Veterans Business Development Council was created for the purpose of providing a credible and reliable certifying authority that would ensure the valid documentations exist for veteran-owned businesses. If you're a veteran and own a business and want to get your business certified, be sure to listen to the last week's archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, you have a news article for us about the uh, vet centers are now on wheels. <laughs> well, yes, uh, this is one of their mobile units, uh, Gary, It's uh, and it's directly related to providing assistance to the uh, residents of uh, the Houston area where Hurricane uh, uh, Harvey was just visited and left such a devastating situation there. Now, the, uh, the, the vet center coming into the Houston area uh, is coming out of Lawton, Oklahoma, and this uh, vet center, uh, the mobile vet center, was uh, deployed to offer counseling services to the uh, affected uh, uh, residents there, uh, the uh, veterans. And uh, also it uh, it's uh, going to be located, it's probably there now, at the K. Bailey Hutchinson uh, 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 Shelter, where there's a tremendous amount of people who are without a place to stay right now. And uh, this this vehicle, Gary, it's about uh, 38 feet uh, uh, long, uh, and it's a community outreach vehicle equipped with two confidential counseling rooms where uh, discussions that are needed in helping our veterans there in the area to uh, uh, 
kind of uh, get some help and assistance. So this is a very positive but tremendous uh, action that the VA is helping and providing to uh, help our veterans. Uh, Also, Gary, the Mm -hmm. Navy uh, has provided uh, two vessels uh, to come into the area. They're the U.S. Fleet Forces uh, Command ordered the USS Kearsarge, an amphibious assault ship, and the USS Oak Hill, which is a dock landing ship, uh, which is uh, their home port is in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, those ships are in the area now uh, assisting um, the uh, veterans there in, and uh, other affected residents uh, with uh, medical support, uh, maritime civil, civil affairs, maritime security, expeditionary, logistic support, uh, uh, everything, almost everything is there to try to help the uh, residents who've been affected by this very devastating hurricane. And Gary, we're not finished with Harvey, and here's Irma that's yep. out in the Atlantic and uh, banging on our doors now, potentially in the South Florida area. That's so right, we're, that's right. We're, 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 we're hoping for the best as far as all of the uh, residents in that area. Yeah, and it's coming towards me. I'm in Central Florida, as you already know that. Yes. But uh, oh, we don't need this. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah. what are we going to do? All right. Well, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Well, uh, Gary, uh, indeed, it's an honor. Uh, today we have as our guest is Tom uh, Kilgannon, and Tom is the president of uh, Freedom Alliance, a charitable organization which honors and supports America's military and advocates for a strong national defense. Tom, we welcome you, and we'd like for you to tell us a little bit about your background and your involvement with the Freedom Alliance. All right. Well, sure, Gary, Bill, good morning. It's great to be on the program. I, uh, <clears throat> I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and tell you a little bit about Freedom Alliance. This is an organization that I've had the honor and the blessing to lead for uh, nearly 20 years now, and it's an organization that was founded by a veteran, a Vietnam veteran, uh, somebody who served for 22 years as a U.S. Marine, uh, my good friend, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, and he put this uh, organization together in large part because uh, when he returned from Vietnam and he saw what was done to his uh, fellow Marines and soldiers and sailors and airmen back here in the U.S., he wanted to ensure that that kind of treatment of America's veterans and war heroes would never happen again. And so all of the uh, programs and projects that we carry out and, and which we'll explain as the program goes on are really meant uh, to help this generation of veterans, but it is with the spirit of knowing that there were previous um, uh, generations of veterans who did not get the support they deserve from the public. And uh, if, if you look around at what's going on today, uh, Bill, you just mentioned uh, the, the tremendous service that is being done by the Navy in Houston. Uh, but you can, you can look throughout Houston and, and southeast Texas and see Coast Guard, uh, Marines, soldiers, National Guardsmen, 
Um, and, and throughout, it's not just in Afghanistan and Iraq and places like that. Our military, we count on them for a lot of things and a lot of dangerous uh, assignments that require special skills. So my hat's off to everybody who, uh, who's in uniform, who's in the Houston area, but also deployed uh, around the world and, and, and training to deploy uh, wherever we may need them. That's that's fantastic. Now you do a lot as far as uh, events. You have a lot of events that go on every year, don't you? Well, we certainly do. We have uh, we have a number of different programs and projects, and uh, they're meant really to uh, support wounded service members, their families, and uh, and families of the fallen. We have a a scholarship program where we provide college scholarships to children whose parents were killed. Uh, or disabled in military service. And, uh, Gary, we give out over a million dollars each year just in college scholarships. And those Freedom Alliance scholarships uh, are meant to do two things, really. Uh, first is, and, and the most obvious, is to take care of the, the rising cost of a college education. As, as you well know, it's, it's not easy to, to pay for a student's education these days. Uh, colleges just keep getting more and more expensive. So, uh, those scholarships helped for those financial costs. But the second reason we do it, and, and more importantly in many cases, is that each of those scholarships uh, represents a hero. And it's a reminder to uh, their kids that their parent is never going to be forgotten by a grateful nation because we stand ready to help them. And I'll tell you what really touches me uh, when we give out these scholarships is uh, how it's done and the unique nature of it because... Uh, it is it, it is not necessarily the, the student's achievement. Uh, it is their parent's sacrifice that qualifies them for this scholarship. And very often, as you well know, uh, those parents who lose their lives in war are young. They're in their, their mid to late 20s, and their kids are young. And right. so after that very tragic incident takes place, it's going to be a number of years. It might be 10 or 15 years before they actually get this scholarship and are in college. And when, when an organization like Freedom Alliance comes along all those years later and says to them, we're giving you this scholarship because your dad was a hero and we haven't forgotten it, it means a lot to them. And it makes them work harder and it makes them dedicate themselves and their four years in college uh, not just to doing well, but doing well to honor their parent. And that's what makes it so significant. Right. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand that the VA doesn't pay uh, for scholarships. So, uh, you know, if you, one of your parents uh, was killed uh, during a war, and um, that's where you come into the picture and provide those scholarships. That's where Freedom Alliance comes into the picture, yes. And, it's, uh, and in addition to that, in, in providing those scholarships, we also try to be a mentor. We have a, a many, many students that we have... Uh, embrace and, and uh, befriended uh, those who, uh, who, who want us to be a part of their lives. And we've got a great, wonderful, uh, responsible team here at, at Freedom Alliance that just loves these kids, uh, loves to uh, be positive influences for them. And, you know, when you're in college, uh, you, you deal with some of the uh, most difficult times of your lives. It's challenging. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's unique. The first time you're out on your own, uh, you're, you're presented with uh, uh, new people and new friendships and new challenges. And so uh, 
you, you need help and you need guidance and you need good advice. And when your dad's not there, um, it, you don't always have it. So we try to uh, embrace them and, and uh, be good mentors for them in the way that we think their dads would, uh, would want and provide that kind of advice that uh, they would want them to have. So it's, uh, it's really an honor uh, to be able to do it. Uh, because, I mean, if you think about it, when uh, these troops go out and they put their lives on the line, they're doing so with a, a certain amount of confidence that if something happens to them, their fellow Americans are going to be there to step in and, and, and help take care of their families uh, and, and, and be there for them in the ways that they couldn't be. That's true. Very, very true. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space in all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tom Kagannon, president of Freedom Alliance. And, Bill, you had a question? Yes. Uh, comment first, uh, Gary. Tom, okay. I am uh, almost sure that. Uh, you get an opportunity to uh, to uh, to be up front and close with a lot of our men and women who've served this great country, and you observe the scars of their service uh, when they return uh, uh, to home and community. 
you see those that are visible, and uh, you can also uh, feel those that are not there. Give us some uh, uh, an idea of the impact that this has upon the families when the men and women return, and then the kinds of uh, programs that you begin to talk about that's uh, available to them. How does that help to heal this situation uh, uh, for those scars that they've received as a result of their service? Oh, Bill, it's a it's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it because the uh, the, the families are are so important in this equation. You know, I often say that uh, in in today's military, and it was probably true throughout our history, uh, is that it's not just the the soldier, or the sailor, or the marine who sacrifices. Uh, his family serves as well, and in many instances, they sacrifice as well. You know, um, we were in the previous segment. We were talking about our our scholarships. And uh, we give those out for kids who have lost their dads. And that is a tremendous loss. It's a tremendous sacrifice. Sometimes, sometimes when a service member comes home wounded, depending on the kinds of wounds, it is even more difficult for the family because of the pain and suffering that they have to see day in and day out. And the, the, the kinds of wounds that are coming out of this war the post-traumatic stress, the brain injuries that are uh, common in large part because of the the, um, the IEDs, the improvised explosive devices, the roadside bombs, uh, the tremendous capacity they have to inflict pain and damage. Uh, those are the kinds of injuries that stay with service members for a long, long time, often for many, many years. And one of the things that one of the challenges we have is. Uh, helping the public to understand and convincing them that just because uh, they don't see somebody with visible wounds, with uh, burned scars or with uh, a lost limb, uh, a lost arm or a leg, it doesn't mean they're not wounded and they're not injured and still struggling. You know, when when, uh, wounded combat vets come home, a lot of times you'll see this manifest itself in their inability uh, to get out and do the kinds of things that they normally would, just going to a movie. Uh, things that you and I might take for granted can be a very difficult challenge for them. Uh, in fact, they might not do it at all. Going to a crowded restaurant is a challenge for them because of the anxiety that they have. Driving, a lot of combat uh, wounded veterans come home and they become very aggressive drivers. Now, the challenge that we have is in keeping the, the very negative influences away from them. Uh, alcohol, uh, over-medicating themselves, or, or just retreating into the, the privacy and the comfort of their home for too long. Uh, so that all of the events that we have, the outdoor adventures, the fishing trips, the hunting trips, those are designed to get service members out of their home and be in the company with one another, those who've been there and done that. And it's tremendous therapy for them to be able to talk and, and unburden themselves with the kinds of things they've seen in combat. And, uh, and it's, it's great therapy to be around others. That's, that's, one, now that, that's wonderful that you're doing all this. How does, how does it help as far as the, um, uh, the, the retreats themselves? Uh, I think people, our vets need to know more about the retreat area of it, uh, where they can actually go either by themselves or with their families, correct? 
Sure. Uh, we, we offer both kinds, Gary, and, and what, uh, what we do with these retreats, and, and uh, they are for um, wounded service members or uh, wounded service members and their families. We offer both kinds. Uh, they're meant to uh, provide healing and therapy. Now, let, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the structure of them. We, can, sure. we host them and design them for anywhere between one or two uh, service members for a day or a, or a weekend out in the woods to upwards of 15, maybe 18, um, but they, t- they tend to s- stay in small groups. And um, they are, uh, they're designed to put uh, service members in the company of one another so they can, uh, they can talk and, and uh, be with one another and unburden themselves. Uh, we will take them fishing. We will take them hunting. We will skiing, uh, hikes, uh, anywhere that it is a, a positive uh, influence. Uh, we find that the outdoors is, is a tremendous um, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, uh, for them. But they love being out there, um, and and they come back again and again because what they what they say is uh, after they've been on one of these that they had a chance to unwind, that they had a chance to relax. Uh, we often get comments like, "I've never had such a good night's sleep." Um, and, and and these are fun activities that they want to participate in. A lot of these guys, as you know, uh, they they grew up hunting and fishing. Uh, they grew up with uh, firearms in their hands and and in the outdoors. Uh, so these are these are natural activities. But even for those who uh, who did not do it uh, as youngsters, they really enjoy it as well because it really what it comes down to is the camaraderie uh, to be able to talk to one another. Now the reason this is important is. When you think about it, if you go back 10 years uh, and, and you had a group of wounded troops who were at um, uh, Fort Sam Houston in Texas or Walter Reed or, or the Naval Hospital in San Diego, uh, they had influences all around them. They had doctors and nurses. They had other troops who could talk to them. But when they are discharged and when they go home and they're medically retired from the military, very often... There is nobody in their neighborhood or in their community or very few that can relate to what they've been through. So they need uh, for an organization like Freedom Alliance to come along and say, hey, spend, spend four or five days with us and you're going to be with other soldiers, you're going to be with other Marines uh, who have done the same kinds of things you've done, who have suffered the same kinds of injuries you have and who've been through it, and you can talk to them about it and you can... You can understand. Now, the, a very similar dynamic takes place when we send families out. As we talked about just a minute ago, uh, families suffer a great deal. And in, in these wars that we've had, it is not uncommon for certain service members to have deployed uh, seven, eight, nine, even ten times. And if they're deploying for six months at a time, over the last ten years, they might have been away from home upwards of, Know, four or five years, uh, and that takes a tremendous toll on the family. It takes a, uh, it's a real burden on the marriage, on the relationship between a father and his children, and so these retreats that we send them on are meant to, one, provide a great time and a, and a note of appreciation for their service, but secondly, to take away all of the daily activities, all of the medical appointments and the doctor visits and the paying the bills and just send them to a place where they can relax, they can laugh, they can be with one another, and they can begin to repair those relationships. We've been very blessed, 
after these events take place, to have families tell us, you know, that trip saved my marriage, uh, or it, it put me back in touch with my kids. And there is no greater feeling uh, and no greater uh, blessing than to have somebody tell you those kinds of compliments, because it, it, it's why we do it. We, want, we don't want the marriage to become yet another casualty of war. That's true. That is true. You know, also uh, the way I understand it, uh, Tom. Also, that uh, our listeners, if one of our listeners want to get more information or keep up with all the events, especially keeping up with all the different events that you have, um, they can become a subscriber of your newsletter. Is that correct? They can. Yes, they can uh, uh, subscribe on our website at freedomalliance.org. Uh, many people like to follow us on Facebook, uh, just Facebook slash Freedom Alliance. Uh, but freedomalliance.org is our website, and you can put your email in there, and, and we'll get you um, uh, on that list. Uh, you know, just in just over the past few months, uh, Gary, we have uh, we took a group of uh, wounded troops to Fort Myers, Florida, for a, for a great fishing trip. That was uh, All right. uh, three days. Um, we had a couple's retreat uh, a little bit north of that in Gainesville, Georgia, uh, where uh, it's, on a, it's on a great lake, and, and they go um, um, sailing and, and use jet skis uh, and, and have wonderful meals. But, but most of the time, uh, much of it is spent just uh, on the porch, um, you know, talking and laughing and, and, and swapping stories. Uh, we had... Um, we had a, a, a fishing trip for some Marines down in the Bahamas. Um, we had some of our scholarship students here in uh, the Washington, D.C. area and took them to Arlington Cemetery where, uh, where their dads are buried so they could see that. Um, and so uh, uh, we had uh, fishing trips in Alaska, hunting trips in Colorado. So we're going all over the country, and we're doing different things, and we're, we're trying to put the service members into the trips that will benefit them most. Uh, we had another one uh, out in, um, in Wyoming, uh, went to a rodeo, a service member who had been wounded, a, a bucket list item for him was to, uh, was to ride the bull. And <laughs> the folks at the rodeo were, uh, were, were more than accommodating. Uh, he was able to do it. Uh, he, he didn't break any world records, I'll tell you that, but he was on <laughs> for maybe two seconds. But I tell you what, he came off of that thing and he said, you know, my life has changed. I, I did it. I, exactly. Uh, because it was, a, it was an affirmation that all of the surgeries he had, all of the rehabilitation he did, all of the sweat and the pain and the tears got him to the point where he was able to do it. And that's what was important to him. All right. You don't want to save that bucket list for the last. You want to say you want to, you want to have some fun doing it. <laughs> That's right. And he had a great time, and he's a great guy. You know, somebody who had uh, uh, been with us, and and uh, we've helped him out in uh, a number of instances. But in each in each time we helped him, it was uh, it, he was making progress all along the way because he was committed to his rehabilitation and the kinds of uh, help and support that we were able to provide only facilitated that, and that's what these retreats are about. Um, as I said, the activity very often is secondary to the fact that they are out there. Um, we've, we, we know that, uh, that suicide uh, uh, among veterans is, is a very real thing. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, it exists far too often. It takes place far too often. 
And these kinds of events that we put together uh, help them to, um, to gain mentors, to gain new friends, to prov- uh, provide accountability partners so that those times, if they fall into that, that dark hole, they have somebody to turn to. And uh, we've, we've been blessed that uh, we know uh, guys have turned to one another to help them through those dark times after they've been on these trips. Uh, so it, it helps. And if, if you're somebody who's been in combat, uh, you're, you're struggling with these kinds of uh, depression or anxiety or, or just a fear of getting out of the house or a desire to, to be alone, uh, you know, go to freedomalliance.org or, or any other great organization that does this and put yourself in the company of your fellow warriors who are the best therapy uh, you can have. That's true. Very, very true. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tom, from Freedom Alliance. And, uh, you know, there's so much going on with this organization that uh, we're going to get into uh, another item that they do. They do Heroes. It's called Heroes to Homeowners. Tom, explain a little bit about how that works. 
Sure, happy to, Gary. The uh, Heroes to Homeowners program is a is a partnership between Freedom Alliance and U.S. Bank, which is a tremendous organization uh, that does a whole lot for veterans. And we teamed up with U.S. Bank a few years ago, and what they do is is provide us uh, single family homes. And uh, U.S. Bank will donate those homes to Freedom Alliance. And what we do is uh, we go through our network of all the troops that we are helping, and and uh, and we look for somebody who uh, would be a good steward for this home, somebody who needs it, uh, somebody who um, uh, lives in that neighborhood. And we we give these homes mortgage free uh, to wounded service members who have been in Iraq or Afghanistan. And so, um, so far, we have uh, given homes to 10 wounded service members. Uh, We're working on 11 and 12 and and hopefully give those out this year. Um, And and this is a tremendous thing because if you think about it, if you're uh, somebody who has spent uh, any number of years in the military, uh, you move from base to base. Uh, You um, never spend uh, too long in any one place. If you've been in a combat zone, you you sleep in the dirt, uh, you have a tent overhead, uh, you, you sleep in the foxhole, you, you, you wake up to the sound of gunfire, and so you're constantly on the move. There's, there's not necessarily a place of permanence that you can call home uh, as, as you spend your career in the military. And so that's why these homes are so important. We, they're, they're in a community where a wounded service member can uh, begin a new life and he can concentrate on his rehabilitation and his family, the two most important things. Uh, the way we uh, select these uh, service members is, is we go through our roster of all those we've helped with, um, with care packages or, or financial assistance or scholarships or, or whatever the, the case may be, and, and we'll match up the home with somebody in need, and we've had tremendous success. We've given them away in Minnesota and Colorado and California and Florida and, uh, and, and pretty much all over the country so far, um, and, uh, and the impact it makes is, is life-changing life-changing, no, no question about it, um, because what you're doing is you're putting a tremendous amount of uh, faith and confidence in somebody saying, this, this is now yours, and it turns uh, each of them, if they weren't already, into evangelists uh, to help other wounded service members. Uh, one of the young men that we gave uh, one of these homes to was somebody who spent um, really all of his adult life in the Army. He, uh, he joined with his parents from Richmond at the age of 17. Uh, he, he went into the Army. He quickly entered the, uh, the Special Forces. And shortly after that, he was shipped off to, um, to Afghanistan and then to Iraq. Uh, over the course of his career, he did uh, upwards of 15 deployments uh, on, uh, with Special wow. Forces. So these were, these were very difficult, rigorous uh, uh, sometimes hand-to-hand combat, sometimes you know uh, uh, firefights that lasted hours, even days. Um, this is somebody. This is a real American hero. And uh, but when he got out of the army, when he discharged, you know, he said, uh, you know, I I I just didn't know uh, a lot of things that I needed to know. I was in a different world from the point of time where he was 17. Uh, for the next 15 years, the Army taught him everything he needed to know, how to fight, how to shoot, how to win, how to kick indoors. Uh, and, and when he got out, he said, I needed a whole new skill set. 
And right. so as a, as a consequence, uh, because he did not have that skill set and he didn't know how to transfer uh, easily into a civilian world that is, is very different, well, he, he got himself into a little bit of trouble and um, had, had a few scrapes with the law, nothing major, but, uh, but over time and, and when he came into, into our world and, and we presented him with this home, he is now uh, one of the country's foremost advocates for uh, veterans who are getting in trouble with the law. And he has spent his time uh, trying to develop special veterans courts in certain states. Uh, he has been an advocate for, for veterans who have uh, driving incidents or, uh, or bar fights or, or things of that nature. And because of the post-traumatic stress that we spoke about earlier and because of the nature of their training, uh, I think that uh, many of these veterans do uh, deserve to be looked at maybe a little bit differently in the eyes of the law. And this young man is, is helping uh, prosecutors and judges and attorneys to understand the very special circumstances that surround veterans who come home uh, and, and who have been in combat. So, uh, and, and having this home from Freedom Alliance and U.S. Bank really allows him to do that because it's mortgage-free. So he can spend a lot of his time doing this. Uh, he's going to go back to school. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up in law school. Um, and, and I think uh, it, it's, he is somebody that uh, the nation is going to come to know in a very different way probably over the next 10 years uh, and, and have his name in the papers and, and be somebody who will... Uh, who has not only served his country extraordinarily well in uniform, but he's going to serve his country very well in a suit and a tie. That's right. You know, I've heard a lot of these guys coming back after going in, uh, being so young when they enter the service, that they don't even know how to fill a checkout or a checkbook out, something that simple. And they do need the training when they come back. Um, I guess he went the right direction. He will be wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's very true, and I, and I hear that a lot. You know, a lot of times uh, when, when, especially during the height of the war, back, uh, you know, maybe eight or ten years ago, when we would talk to service members um, who were about to deploy uh, or who, who were deployed or just home on leave, and, and we'd ask them, what do you need from us? What, what can we help you do? How can we make your time uh, over there uh, easier? You know what they'd, they'd say, Gary, uh, almost right. to a man, is take care of my family. I don't need anything. I've, I've got my weapon. I've got my ammo. I've got my training manual. I've got my team. I've got my instructions. I've got my training. I know what to do. I've got everything I need. Right. What my family needs is support because they don't know, um, they don't necessarily know what mechanic to go to or who to call when the roof needs fixed or how to, how to shovel the driveway when it snows. Um, <clears throat> and, and when they're wounded and when they come home, it's the same kind of, of, of dynamic. They'll tell you, look, the Army, the Marine Corps taught me everything I needed to know about combat. That's why I'm alive and that's why I'm here today. What they're not teaching me is how, how to rehabilitate, how to take care of myself, how to, how to, talk to my wife, uh, how, how, uh, for us to, to relate now that things are, are different after I've been away for, for several years. Um, and, and so it's that transition 
into the civilian world uh, that is, I, I think, a, a component that we need to look at if, God forbid, these wars keep continuing or we ever get to a point where we have, uh, have to deploy you know, hundreds of thousands of men uh, yet again in the defense of this nation. Um, you know, the battlefield medicine has been extraordinary, and it has brought home to us uh, many, many thousands of men who might have otherwise died. But they're dealing with the kinds of wounds uh, and injuries that are long-term. And when we say long-term, we're talking years, maybe decades, uh, maybe in some cases the rest of their lives. And that is something that society and the VA and the, the military medical community, despite all of their advances, has not yet fully come to grips with on how to deal with it financially, emotionally, and, and culturally. That's true. Very, very true. You know, here, here it comes right into another benefit that you guys offer is the grants uh, for families, especially when someone comes back and our, it's one of our heroes are hospitalized. I didn't realize it's, what, $2.5 million to, for hospitalized um, uh, heroes and their families, and you help out with unexpected costs. Is that correct? We, yes, we've, we've done that and, and continue to do so. A lot of times it, uh, you'd have instances where the military was, was not providing uh, travel costs for, for family members uh, or those family members that didn't meet the immediate uh, family criteria. You know, very often in, in these families, uh, you have somebody who's, who's not necessarily a blood brother, uh, but he's he's closer <laughs> than a blood brother. He's he's the the, the best friend and soulmate of, of the, the service member laying in the bed, and that's the person who would be most helpful to a wounded service member at his bedside. Uh, but the military doesn't pay for that, so uh, so we would uh, when when families face uh, a a wounded service member uh, being in a hospital, it's, it's very often away from their community in a different part of the country. They face expenses like uh, babysitting and cell phone bills and gasoline and, and uh, repairing their car and having to take off of work. Uh, we have seen instances where parents had to quit their jobs to become full-time caregivers. Now, fortunately, the federal government, uh, after, after many years of hearing about this, uh, instituted, instituted a program which has worked pretty well where family members can uh, receive payment for being a full-time caregiver. But mm-hmm. um, until then, and even since then, there's still a need for organizations like Freedom Alliance to say, hey, here's a few hundred bucks, here's a thousand bucks to, to get a plane ticket or, or to pay for uh, the drive-through as, you, as you're making that you know eight or ten hour drive or whatever the case might be. And, um, and we just want them to know that uh, uh, they shouldn't have to worry about things like that. So if we can help them, we certainly will. Over the course of the years we've given out, it, it's probably closer now to $3 million just in cash grants where we tell them, uh, you know, we, we want you to, uh, to concentrate on getting to your son's bedside, to your husband's bedside, and, and being there for him so that, because that's what he needs most. He needs the, the ones he loves surrounding him and he needs prayer and uh, and and that's what we're able to do for them that's true all right bill well uh tom as i listen to you uh, in this in this segment here I, I think one of the things that come to my mind uh 
uh, is the information that's at a tremendous void in our veterans community and understanding how to navigate the, the, the situation when they've returned to home and community. We do an outstanding job in preparing our men and women to go to war to fight in the battlefield, but we do almost zero in terms of how to reintegrate into home and community after we've served the, uh, the, the country. A significant number of our men and women uh, come to serve our country uh, uh, from the rural and remote areas of the country where it's extremely difficult and challenging to get to services such as yours and others that are out there. It's great that, uh, you know, your networking is such that they can uh, probably uh, uh, get into uh, access to you almost immediately with the information that's out there. But uh, information, it's powerful, it's important, and if you don't access it or can't access it, it's 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 a problem. Again... You mentioned earlier about uh, suicides. This month, again, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs have declared Suicide Prevention uh, Month to try to deal with those suicides, which are many more than our government owns up to, to be able to get help and assistance. So, uh, you know, you, you, you're filling a tremendous void here with the information uh, that you're bringing to our listening audience today. Well, I thank you, uh, Bill. It's uh, it, you know, it's it's a big challenge, and I, I remember um, hearing uh, somebody explain the dynamic uh, or the the comparison between uh, combat veterans who return home from this generation to those of previous generations, and uh, when especially when you're dealing with. Uh, Orders like anxiety and post-traumatic stress. In 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 World War II and and uh, wars of those times, we would put uh, service members on a boat and and send them across the Atlantic and 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 back home. And and that trip would, would take um, you know maybe a week or more or a few weeks, in which they had they were surrounded by other service members and they had time to decompress and think about it and let go of some of the the anger and the frustration um, you know today you can be in a combat zone on a plane and 48 hours later you're in your living room and <clears throat> you've, you've just gone from uh, you know dealing with uh, roadside bombs and and poverty and depression the likes of which the average American has never seen of violence uh, to, to going home and hugging your kid. And there's very little transition uh, emotionally for, for a service member. And no matter how well trained you are uh, and, and, and how strong you are physically and emotionally, that is a difficult, that is an extraordinary transition to ask of anybody. And, um, and it takes time. And, and I think that's one of the areas where we could do better. Uh, when we first started deploying troops to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, I think the the VA and the transition from uh, military medicine to veterans' uh, health care and medicine was not what it should be. It took several years uh, for for the, the VA part of it to be up to speed, and it's still not up to speed in many respects. 
So there's a lot of improvements that we need to make, uh, and, and we just have to... But part of it is having great organizations like Freedom Alliance and so many others out there who can recognize what service members are going through and then talk to officials in our government to say, you know, we as charitable organizations can, can do so much and, and we, we're happy to do it, but there also needs to be a role for the federal government in this area. Major challenge, Tom. Uh, again, if we send our young men and women off uh, to battle and combat, we compare them to be the best in the world, we should also have that same kind of concern and compassion that when they come back, knowing that these things happen, to be the leader and to be out front along with organizations such as yours and others to help them in that reintegration back to home and community. And unfortunately, if we don't get to that point, you know, we've got so many things that's going on at this point. As we speak on this program right now, we've got folks in harm, uh, harm's way right now. We are a, a, we've got a volatile situation that's uh, upon us now that we could be engaged in conflict. And, you know, miraculously, if we could silence every weapon of hostility right now at this moment, we will see the residual effects of this for the next 50 years plus. So we've got to do better. That is, that is absolutely correct, Bill. And I think that is, that is something that I think the public at large really doesn't understand and, and hasn't come to grips with. What we, what we see all the time is when, when the fighting or the war is off of the front pages and troops are returning home, many in the public believe the war is over, the, uh, the need is gone, uh, we can move on to saving the whales or some other cause of the day, um, and they, they just don't realize how long it takes to overcome the wounds of war. They don't realize the investment that is needed to pay health care benefits and rehabilitation costs uh, that go on for years and decades. And that is what's not being factored into the public debate uh, when, when we're making decisions about war and peace. That's true. That is unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what, we we skipped the last break, by the way, just in case nobody noticed. <laughs> we skipped, skipped that last break to find, fit in what we could. Um, uh, Tom, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Well, first, I'd, I, you know, I want to thank you, uh, Gary and Bill, for having me on the program and allowing me to talk a little bit about this. And, and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, reiterate uh, something that we, we started off with, which is mm-hmm. the, the tremendous uh, sacrifice that's being made by uh, young men and women in uniform uh, all over the country and all over the world. And we don't have to be in a state of war uh, for the lives of these young people to be uh, in jeopardy. Uh, this is, serving in America's armed forces is a dangerous profession. It is a noble profession. It is, uh, and, and that's what it is—a profession. These these young men and women are skilled. They are talented. They are dedicated. But the tasks that we ask of them are complicated. They are deadly, and they are dangerous. And so, uh, and we see that in uh, 
you know, we, we lost um, uh, some service members on the USS John McCain a few weeks ago. Uh, there were a few more who, who lost their lives on the, on the Fitzgerald back in June. Um, you know, we had that, that tragic, tragic plane crash in Tennessee uh, that took the lives of, I think it was 15 Marines and a Navy corpsman, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they, were, they were not in Afghanistan. Uh, they were not in Iraq. They were not uh, headed to North Korea. They were training. These were parts of their everyday maneuvers, their training, their exercises, and these kinds of things happen. So uh, when, when we see somebody in uniform, when we, when we know somebody who has served, uh, you know, let's show it. And let's show it uh, uh, by thanking them for their service, but also doing something. Get involved with an organization like Freedom Alliance. Uh, contribute to an organization that you know does good work uh, so that we can help them. The, the thing that really um, uh, is appreciated by the service members we work with is the recognition. They have great times on the, on the outdoor adventures that we do. They appreciate the scholarships. But the thing that I think keeps them going the most is when we go to them and we say, because of what you did and because of the sacrifice you've made, we're going to do this for you, and we're going to help you out in this way. Um, these young men and women, they don't want medals and they don't want money, but they do want the public to know that what they're doing for the country hasn't always been the easiest thing, uh, but they love doing it, and, uh, and we love having them do it because they're, they're amazing people. That's true. Well, again, uh, thank you, Tom. And Bill? Well, Tom, thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your busy day to be with us. Thank you for your service uh, to the men and women who've served this country. Uh, it's uh, people like you and your organizations uh, that are at the grassroots level that can deliver these kinds of services, help, and assistance to our men and women who've served this country uh, with such dedication. Uh, we hope to be able to have you to come and visit with us again. Well, I'm happy to do it any time, and, uh, and until then, just have your listeners find us on Facebook uh, or at freedomalliance.org, on, on the Internet at freedomalliance.org or on Facebook, and, uh, and we'd love uh, them to be a part of the organization. All right. Sounds great. I just want to remind everybody to say thanks for all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Tom. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there, especially this coming week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are-